Motors Show, your home for car talk covering the latest news to the greatest views on the biggest names in performance, sports, and just plain cool driving machines. Let's rev up the conversation. Time for Driven Radio Show. Hey, all you gearheads and car fiends, welcome to Driven Radio Show, your weekly automotive happy hour. I am Brett Hatfield here with my co-host and engineer extraordinaire. Mr. Mark Groves, y'all almost ran out of air on that. <laughs> Remember still, to breathe. Remember nobody to knew. Breathe. Nobody knew. We're coming to you from the Driven Radio Studios World Headquarters in rainy, cold. God, if, if we had the schizophrenic weather or what? Yesterday was gorgeous. We drove a convertible around with the top down. And yeah. that, and today I just looked outside and said, nope, not doing this. That's- We're taking a world tour with the weather. Today it's another day in the moors. Yeah, well, it tomorrow sucks. it's supposed to be sunny in 71. God. And Thank you, Sybil. Several <laughs> Weather around here makes Sybil look well adjusted. <laughs> She's like, oh, wow. <laughs> uh, before we get to our magnificent guest who is here in studio with Ooh. us, that's a change. Uh-huh. Uh, got a couple things I want to talk about real quick. First of which is our long-lost brother from another mother, our former co-host, Mr. Corey Pratt, has started a podcast of his own. That is awesome! It's called Craving Cars Live. Oh, nice. Corey doesn't know that I was going to mention this today, but I am. (laughs) Figured we'd give him a, a... shameless plug and try to get as many people listening to Corey as you can he's going to record thursday evenings at seven o'clock and the recording it will be uh available afterward also on youtube make sure you check that out go check craving cars on youtube and uh, give us podcasts a listen craving cars live and we wish him all the best absolutely now last night late and by the time everybody hears this, it'll have been out for a few days. But last night, late on YouTube, uh, Dodge and all of the if if there was a strip club in the automotive world, <laughs> it would be Dodge. They are you abs- are not wrong. They are absolutely bonkers, and I God love them for it. <laughs> they announced the very last of. Um, what are they calling that? The 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 last call, the very last go. vehicle on the last call line, is an, a new uh, version of the Demon, mm-hmm. uh, the SRT, the Challenger SRT Demon, uh, the SRT Demon One Seventy, puts out. It has a three liter supercharger on it. Puts out a thousand and twenty five horsepower. Jesus goes. <laughs> Zero to 60 in 1.66 seconds. Oh, that is Launches from the line at two Gs. (laughs) Two Gs of force. Runs an 8.9 quarter mile at 151 miles an hour. Years ago, I owned Street, baby. Years ago, I owned the most... The the scariest vehicle I've ever owned, the most terrifying thing I've ever had that had an engine and wheels on it, it was a heavily modified 1990 GSX-R 1100 that would run quarters at 989 at 139. Somebody else did that, not me. Uh, I'm I'm not that brave, thanks. Uh, and, And the person who did it was much lighter than I am. But that was the scariest thing I've ever owned. Every time I threw a leg over, it terrified me. <laughs> this demon runs at a 
full second quicker than that. An 8.9 at 151 MSRP uh, before shipping and all that is just under $100,000. And on top of that, Uh after the big presentation last night at the Las Vegas Motor Speedway, where the car ran the quarter and when it came off the line, it picked the front tires off the ground now, and but we got to remind this isn't like uh this wasn't made for well quote unquote wasn't made for racing this is a street legal this is a street legal stock and past emissions oh my god which is the most mind-blowing thing i, I just i'm trying to wrap my head around I, I, the I, idea I, I, the car comes with an optional cage and parachute from the factory Oh my god! All right, so <laughs> stupidly fast, yeah. even faster than the regular uh, demon. But Rhonda came and showed me about a half an hour ago a blurb on Instagram that said after the presentation the car got stolen and it was seen driving what? down Las Vegas Boulevard. Oh my god! <laughs> of course it was. It was seen driving down the strip. <laughs> Holy crap! <laughs> of course, you know, Dodge being Dodge, they did the presentation in Las Vegas because everything there, you know, strippers, hookers, blow, and everything else that you would have says. Anyway, uh, those are going to be out soon. Sticker is just under a hundred grand, but Oof. not one of those things will sell for sticker. Not never. Uh, the ones oh, no. that, uh, you know, a lot of the dealers will probably get them in and take them straight to barrett jackson or meekum or whatever well they'll bring easily double that i doubt any one of these ever gets driven they're going to wind up in private collections and no one will ever they'll see all them. have 300 miles on them and that's yeah. between getting from the dealership to the gavel and um, now that we've uh opened that for a topic let's welcome our fantabulous <laughs> guest it's mr elliot alvis of youtube fame uh his YouTube channel is of the same name, Elliot Alvis. Elliot, like so many of us, got his love of cars from his father. Amongst his earliest memories are riding in the rumble seat of a Ford Model A, being delivered and picked up from school in his dad's Corvette, and competing in the great race, a cross-country race, in his dad's 1954 Corvette. 1954, wow. second year they were produced. Elliot's first car was a 92 Corvette. God, this is this is why Elliot and I need to hang out a lot. <laughs> From there, the die was cast. He spent every minute he could engaged in automotive pursuits. And a couple of years ago, Elliot began posting videos on YouTube in earnest. He'd had a channel for a long time, but he really started cranking out the, the content. And he has since amassed over 50,000 followers and more than 4.6 million views. Nice. That's a lot of people watching you. Elliot, welcome to Driven Radio. Happy to be here, guys. Excited uh, to be here. Uh, really dying to hear your comments on the Dodge uh, SRT <laughs> Demon 170 and that subsequently being stolen and driven around. Well, it's, it's funny because I didn't mention this one to you, but I, I had a 2016 Hellcat, which now, I mean, in today's world is the air quotes, regular Hellcat. I mean, I'm, I'm <laughs> sub sub 300 horsepower from this monster. Oh, wow. Yeah. You but know, and a, a regular Hellcat was, it was it not 707. Seven, yeah. And mine was a stick shift. The thing was an absolute handful. How long did the clutch it. last? It, well, I only had it uh, 12,000 miles, but I it was still fine. You know, luckily it wasn't my first stick shift uh, car. Hats off to you. That's uh, <laughs> now the ti- for- now the tires did not last that long. <laughs> no, I wouldn't think. Um, but no, the first of all, I am 
beyond impressed with Dodge to be able to have the uh, cojones to make this car in the first place. Yeah, you would think there would be some class action lawsuits someplace, except... They've got got to be skirting it with the limited numbers. I don't know what the deal is, but I just love that they're making it. It's what attracted me to the original Hellcat. I thought, well, it's never going to get any better than this. And here we are, uh, (laughs) 350 more horsepower later. And uh, it does wheelies. It you know it's it's an insane product. I stayed up and watched that thing last night. That presentation. Yeah. There's daylight under the tires. It's oh yeah. With the original Demon presentation. They had to get this camera angle, and they're like, look, and it had skinnies. That, no. The 170 has full width street tires on the front, and yeah. it's pulling them. And the one Ugh. and the 170 pulled them up once, yep. and then it bounced and it pulled them up again. So uh, that's a big difference from and the regular Demon ran an 890. And yeah. 890. And you in can, front of an audience. And you can go get groceries you know? with this, but if you hit the gas hard on the way home, you're going to break all your eggs. Of course. <laughs> but I, I mean, there's a lot of stuff to them that, like, you know, the people, like we all talked about, it's it's going to be one of those cars, unfortunately, that everybody buys and bags yeah. and tries to take to Bear Jackson or Meekum. But the problem with that is, is there's going to be all 3,000 of them bagged and, you know, taken to Meekum with 30 miles on them. Somebody needs to get out there and really I, rip I, on a few of these things. I know that everybody would tell me I'm full of it and all that, but if I had one of these, I'd drive the sucker. Oh, you should. There's no reason not to. And, and you know, we'll get into all of the Corvette stuff a little later, but that's I've got cars that most people would say, oh, no, keep it in the ground. Oh, no, exactly. drive it. Drive it. It's meant to be driven. Yep. That's what it was built for. Well, that's oh. like on a Facebook Marketplace, I saw just recently there was some – uh, it was a Chevy uh, pickup truck. Had Craigers like, on it. I wish. <laughs> That's the only reason you look. <laughs> then I would have been oh, on it. Oh, my goodness. But it, it had like, uh, I think it was 80 miles on it. And it was like a 94 and one of the, the black really kind of souped up ones. Oh, was it the 454? It just covered in dust. The 454 SS. Yeah. Yep. And yeah, that short thing, bed. You know, with that few miles on it, that long, oh, it's, it's going to be all, every, garbage. Every rubber component is toast on it. Well, it's like um, when we've talked everything. about these. Z- yeah, it's going to be rotted to drive out and dried out. It, it's yeah. like when we've talked about the zero-mile GNXs that are out oh, there and people right. are selling. Before you could go drive it, you're going to have to replace every seal, every gasket, every rubber pose, every part in the whole thing that's, you know, ill-affected when left to sit. Trust yeah. me, even in the car enthusiast world, it doesn't even really matter what the car is. There's so many people that are car guys that love to have these garage ornaments, and they, well, I take it out on special occasions. But there's never an occasion special enough that they will drive it. You're like, well, it's for special <laughs> occasions. Well, it's my daughter's wedding. Well, you know, hold on. We're going to hold on for something a little bit better here. Well, <laughs> okay, well, it's, uh, okay, well, now it's your birthday. Well, so, you know. Second coming uh, to Christ, but does uh, he it just turns a it, Everything turns into, well, it, it's, you know, the humidity is a little, you know, <laughs> not there today Nuh-uh. and then the, the special occasion never comes and the car yeah. rots away even if it is stored properly and it's just a shame yeah see Agreed. and the mark you've known me long enough and you've ridden in enough stuff the bronco that should have been tucked away and never driven screw that i put thirty thousand miles on it in five years yeah, the first time i met you was in that out in the, the parking lot at the radio station the, the 61 impala that should have never been driven uh-uh. Uh-uh. let's go see how far it'll <laughs> light up the tires baby and, and the thing with the impala and again this is the joke that we stole from chris Deganchi, and god bless him for it chris this is just perfect for this car that impala man when you went to get gas you had to shut the car off so the pump could catch up <laughs> <laughs> that, that thing sucked more gas uh, the only car I've ever had that was that bad is that supercharged F-150 out there that uh, gets 11, period. Yep. 
it, yep. it, if the truck is completely empty and you got a quarter tank of gas in it, it gets 11. If it's completely loaded full and it's got a full tank of gas in it, it gets 11. If you're towing, towing an enclosed motorcycle trailer behind it, it gets 11. Oh, wow. Well, it's consistent at least. I mean, you yeah. got to give well, it that. Well, you know how far you can go with what you got. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. So, okay. The, the Demon 170 aside. Yes. Oh, and I ache to see those things come out. I want to see somebody do a road test. I know. Just I, you know what? Stupid Luckily, stuff. we do live in the day and age. We're hopefully going to see at least a few of the press cars do some really cool stuff. Oh, yeah. But, you know, yeah, it's the private owner's guy. You know, The I, question is, how do yeah. we get ourselves on that press list? Uh, <laughs> you're telling me. He's so, no better than I would. I want to see if this thing will do donuts. <laughs> <laughs> uh, tell us about competing in the great race before you were old enough to drive. My 60 Corvette, and your dad's got one too, I would describe the thing as crude, and I think that's being rather generous, but it's a damn sight more civilized than the 54 was, and at least <laughs> has rolled up, roll up windows. What's it like crossing the country in the second year Corvette? Well, it's hard to even know where to begin here, but the, the concept, the great race in general, just to give an overview, it is a classic car, vintage car rally yeah. that is cross-country, but it's not... Um, in the traditional sense of, well, not traditional, but people use the term rally a lot now for yeah. cruise. The great race is not that. It is an actual time, speed, distance, real measured rally. So you were probably the navigator while you're down. I sure driving. was. And there are very specific, iconic based instructions that we're talking speed changes, these turns with speed changes and stuff like that. And everything is scored in a golf like uh, scenario. You never know where the next checkpoint is. So you always need to try to be on time. Ah. Um, so it is an active thing. Yes, you are going across the country, and yes, you're in all these cool cars, but you are so focused on what you're doing that some of it kind of you know whizzes by. Yeah, you, <laughs> but you, you it's you a very get, intense thing. You don't get to take in all the scenery. And back, yeah, exactly. And back in the thing, it was a, it was a real, really big deal. Back at the end of there was you know ownership has changed hands a few times, but uh, the grand prize back when I was doing it was $250,000. Holy oh. crow. Um, wow. They had given away Rolexes if you had aced certain sections of the thing. It was no a kidding. real deal. Jack Roush uh, himself competed and had several teams that he, you know, has sponsored that paid for. So these guys would show up in, you know, semi-trailers with, you know, Roush on the side. And, you know, obviously they had the coolest, uh, like, 34 Indy cars. And they would, for no reason, change the flathead out every night. Wow. It was fine, but you know, you got a few spares, swap it. And you know, it was, it was insane. The level of competition, it was, it was crazy to have people like me and my dad doing it with no support crew yeah. in a 1954 Corvette, uh, right alongside, uh, you know, Jack Roush himself and all these other guys competing with these massive teams. Uh, but anyway, back to what it's like to drive across the country in a 54 Corvette. Um, well, in, in, in one word, I guess, incredible. <laughs> I, I would imagine. <laughs> you know, 54 was the first full production year yeah. of the Corvette. So 53, they only made 300. They were all white with the red interior. And they practically were promotional cars. They gave them to people. Yeah, VIPs, yeah. Hollywood it, you know, stars. It was, let's get the word out. Sports cars weren't really a thing, if you think about it. You know, yeah. so in 54, it's not like they had they made that many more of them. But they were a real car. You could get them in four different colors. You could, you know, you could actually go and buy one as a regular guy. Uh, but that doesn't make them a common nor practical car. No. Uh, as you know, yeah. uh, because they cost as much as a Cadillac, 
but they didn't have door handles. They didn't have windows. Nope. And uh, it was a true roadster. Oh my goodness! Yes, it was. And for the great race, because we didn't have a support crew, and because it was just me and my dad for two straight weeks, and we needed to fit tools, clothes, and everything else done. Oh God! We actually removed the top from the, uh, you know. Because you gain a little bit because of cargo space. Because you gain a little space. bit of cargo space. Yeah. And what it also does is it puts you in a different category in the Great Race. Now you're in the Roadster class. Open. Because now when it rains, you get rained on. Um, so your instructions now have like a wax coating on them, which is actually <laughs> cool. Because And you think, oh, this is silly. No, it's a real thing. Um, it actually happened. And I'm either, you know, whether you want to call it fortunate or unfortunate enough to have it happen, I have been hailed on in a 54 convertible at wow. like age 14. And even at 14, if anybody's seen a 54 Corvette, they were style first, practical later. The windshield yeah, does not cover your head. <laughs> so you were just getting pelted uh, by this stuff. But And you still had to keep going because everybody else was dealing yeah. with the same thing too. There, was no, there were no holds on the races. Even when you weren't focused on everything, it just it is a very interesting way to see the country because you start out on the East Coast and even if it starts in the summer, the weather is so drastically different um, you know, when you start in Washington, D.C., and then you go through the Appalachia area, mm-hmm. and then you end up in the Midwest, and now it's getting really hot. And now you go through the desert, and now it's getting uncomfortably hot. And then you go kind of back up through Colorado, and then it starts raining and being cool again. And then you're still in this open car, and you're with your dad, and you're screaming at each other. And, <laughs> and, and I've never been able to talk back to my dad in my life until this time when I'd be like, Dad, what the hell are you is doing? this? And he, oh, my God, he was, you know, oh, no, it's not, Bob, you look at it differently. <laughs> you just never know because the other thing is you're always one minute apart from every car. You should be. If you're not, something's way wrong, but um, you can't see a car in front of you. So there's all these turns where, you know, it doesn't even say, oh, turn left at, you know, Spooner Street. It's turn left three streets after the uh, curve to the right sign. Oh, wow. And you better hope oh, that you're counting. You find it, you know, and it's it's late in the day. It's hot. It's, you know, it's it's there's so much going on all the time, even as a navigator. That you're just like constantly almost yeah. on the edge you're of your seat. Edge, yeah. And then meanwhile, my dad, uh, they give you, so they have, you have to block out the original uh, Speedo and block out the odometer because they don't want you to be able to unfairly calculate any distances between different things. Even though, I mean, a 54 Corvette odometer is not going to be yeah. uh, pinpoint. But uh, he's, no. yeah. he's got to watch uh, you know a very specific rally speedometer. And he's got to keep it at whatever the set speed is. Exactly. And you, I mean... You can imagine the pressure of keeping a car exactly at that speed. Yeah, I've seen Corvette speedometers dance a little. Yeah. <laughs> well, luckily, as I said, this one is a little bit more accurate. But then you factor in this other part, like I said, with this whole speed change thing. This is where it gets – all right. this is where you go, all right, this is not fun anymore. <laughs> um, but there are certain things. Let's say one of the instructions is uh, you've been going 35 for X amount of time. At the stop sign, you stop. And your next speed is now 25 if you're going 35. So now you need to calculate how much time you just gained decelerating from 35 miles an hour down to a stop and then calculate how much time it takes you to accelerate to 25. Wow. And then either cancel that out or if you were going faster on the next time, now you need to make up time. Now you need to go 10% faster for X amount of time in order to be perfectly on time. Where did the fun fit in? 
Oh, so right, I know. No, 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 there's all this father-son camaraderie. I've been, li- yeah. I've been okay. listening to it dribble away for the last yeah, 10 I'm months. sorry. It, it really is, like I said, it's just one of those things where I think a lot of people hear cross-country rally, and they're like, this is a fun cruise. You and know, like, it, no, it's a, it's a real race. When he started yeah. describing it, I was thinking, this sounds like fun. And about a minute into it, I was like, ah, screw uh, it. I'll go on the hot rod oh power tour. Uh, no, no, it, like, is, it is not for the, light, the faint of heart. It is two hard weeks of stuff. And you know what? They did change the rules a little bit back when we were doing it 55 four was the absolute newest car you could have because they also give you a uh, time factor for older cars so 54 factor of zero you get a score of three seconds for the day that's your score but if you're driving a 1917 then all of a sudden you get a factor of like you know uh minus 13 or whatever next thing you come in ahead of time because so so there's a handicap there are there's a handicap involved based on your year and of course they they, over the time they, they bumped up the years and there is a tour class that you don't have to compete and you can kind of just go on the route but in between all of this, uh, you know, intensity, there are always these host cities that welcomed you with open arms. They actually had like competitions. I think the host cities that had, you know, the best rating for whatever got something. But you would come into a lunch stop given you're absolutely exhausted, but you had the town welcoming you. I mean, there was like a, a festival. That's cool. But like twice a day, you know, because you'd come oh. in for lunch and I was like, <laughs> oh, my gosh. There's a 1911 Veely here. There's a 54 Corvette, which everybody thinks is a Thunderbird. And, uh, you know, there's all this other stuff going on. It's it's literally a, like these, this party. And given every host city thought that, you know, barbecue was the answer. Cross country. Oh, yeah. Bar- barbecue is barbecue the answer. Barbecue is the answer. But it's I'll tell you the what, answer. dinner and lunch after two weeks. Let's get a little tough. Okay. Well, pizza would be okay on there. Well, you know, you hit a subway at dinner sometimes every once in a while just to, you know, break it up. But no, it's, it really <laughs> is <your> fun. <laughs> it really was an absolutely incredible experience. And like I said, we did it in the 54 Corvette, which is the most notable car to do it because nobody drives those ever. Yeah. And then let alone put it out in the country, put it out in the rain, put it, you know, put miles on it. But a 54 Corvette, aside from the fiberglass body underneath, it's a 54 Chevy. It is. It's a Bel Air. You, you can, fix it with you a hammer. Buy, you can buy the stuff, which is also why it was the best car, because it didn't need to be worked. There are all these people who had to do so much after being all this exhaustion I just told mm-hmm. you about. They'd be out there with a light in the parking lot of whatever hotel we were at, you know, during this time, and be wrenching it all night, all night, all night, and start again at 645. Yeah, you could go to Western Auto. They got whatever you need. <laughs> there you go. So. Exactly. But the 54, dead reliable. I mean, no matter what. It well, it's still ball six, to tough to beat. Exactly. And, so. you know, my dad has, he might be one of the only people in the world that can figure out the, the triple barrel carburetor and actually balance them all and rejet them all himself. And wow. do all this. I know he's not the only, but I'm just saying he did it all himself because I was like 14. Yeah. yeah. Hey, <laughs> I'm could, like, could could be worse. You could have been in an alpha. Oh, that's, so. that's true. Okay, it could always uh, be worse. Keith Martin, if you're listening, I apologize. Kind of. <laughs> so the common through line with you and I is Corvettes play a part in both of our lives Big time. from very early on to present day. Your first car, God, I can't believe your first car. Your first car was a really mint 1992 Corvette. Right. How did you get that? Because my first car was a crap box. My second (laughs) car was a crap box. Mark's first car that everybody's heard about was a royal crap box. Yeah, it was. (laughs) We we both had them. You started out at the top of the hill, I I did, but I I went and I I did a a different path here. I started out with uh, an absolute gem. And uh, I think it, it was too nice. And then I it transitioned immediately into crap boxes from there on out. <laughs> so um, the, the way I convinced this uh, was happening, how did I get it? Obviously, uh, you know, my dad, 
But it was, hey, well, first car, first car, first car. And I had done the whole, you know, the internet shopping thing was a little, you know, early back on then. But I had found, I'd love C4s. I grew up with them. And I'd found this one that had a warranty. No kidding. Yeah. So how does that? I, I don't think it was factory. I don't. It doesn't matter. It couldn't the have point possibly was been. That there was some convincing of my dad. Whoa, wait, wait, wait. That, back up. <laughs> you were born in nineteen ninety, and so, yeah. your first car is a car that was made two years, two years after, after me. You. So how does it have a warranty? And you're yeah. sixteen, so the car is fourteen years old. Right. Where'd that warranty come from? Because I I think this predates the warranty robocalls. Uh, it, it sure does. But I mean, I don't know the dealership was backing it. I, I couldn't tell you, but like it was advertised as being, having a warranty. And I was like, okay. this is my chance. It's got an airbag and one singular and airbag. Yeah. Driver's side. A, screw the passenger. It's got a warranty. I've been driving stuff and messing around. You know, I'm safe. You know, uh, also I was like, it just makes sense. It's either this or a Jetta for I, the same price. Oh, I mean, come God. on, you know, yeah. like. It, you know, made sense. And he was, you know, he hemmed and hawed and it was, yeah, no. And what ended up happening is he they so he had kind of bought it a while back and then surprised me with it oh, on aw. my birthday. Okay. Which was, uh, which was, yeah, it was wild. It was like, oh my gosh, I can't believe this, you know, because I, lo- I just am obsessed with C4s uh, because I grew up with my dad having them when his. Okay. So what color? Um, so it was that bright aqua metallic, which for anybody else is just basically metallic teal, yes. which is the most 90s color you could possibly have with yeah a, but they're weird now you never see them you never see them um and it had the bright gray interior so it was almost almost white yeah but it was a lighter interior it just was gorgeous it had thirty thousand miles oh my god my biggest thing was and at you got that, that age, for your first car i know and you feel like king stud of the universe oh god it was so cool you yeah go, you go to school nobody else has a corvette nobody else has a corvette even if it is an old one even then you know it was not a new corvette but but it doesn't matter that's the fun thing about corvettes it doesn't matter how old they are people always assume they're these crazy expensive things yeah uh, so that was the case with this one and well, it was like well, compared a to a regular a regular joe car oh it is when yeah. a corvette's new it is a crazy and it doesn't matter car. the 15 uh, year old corvette is still faster and more you know yeah. all this other stuff than you know the the equivalent grand well, that's, am that's because gm rolls out all their good tech on either corvettes exactly. or cadillacs exactly and so. you know the 92 first year of the lt1 first year with traction control yeah um first year you know with like a bunch of stuff they really changed that car over yeah it was it was a much it was different a car big overhaul um you know, and believe it or not, 15 years later, it actually still did all the stuff, you know? I know. I have one. <laughs> there you go. Uh, but what ended up happening was, obviously, I was a kid. This was I just a big car enthusiast, and all I wanted to do was make that car go faster, of course. Why? I know. I know. Freaking why? That was a, a reasonably it, quick car at the time. And it was. But then I had my friends that had, uh, you know, STIs. And different oh, stuff at the time, guys. Well, you know, my friends had were STDs. I know, I know. Just hang on. I'm just saying. At the time, Most, more of my friends had those. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Okay. Yeah. All right. Thank you. Anyway, um, catch up, Elliot. Come on, baby. Anyway, the the, the biggest you can't date her. The biggest thing with the, the, the with that particular C4 was that it was an automatic, and I just wanted a stick shift more than anything. I get you know? that. And what ended up happening is we found one um, in a bad part of town. For approximately five thousand dollars, I want to say because the clear it was clear cut was all gone, and the guy selling it was convinced the engine was blown. Oh, because when he you started changed it up, oil on it ever. Oh yeah, the oh god, this thing had been yeah, road hard put away. <laughs> wet, I mean, a, a million times before it got to you know two thousand and six or whatever. You know, by the time I found it, and uh, the guy thought the engine was blown, so he just sold it. My dad was like. And just not blown. The exhaust baffles are bad. Like he like whispered <laughs> that to me, and I'm like, okay, is that good? Can we? 
get it. Like, so what, what is that? Yeah, and it's a muffler. Yeah, and I'm like, and I'm like, neat. And so we got it. And next thing you know, I basically gave my dad my well, you know, the car he gave me the the pristine '92 thing, which is much more his style. Sure. And now I had a ratty. 92 Corvette, but a six-speed manual, which is very hard to find oh, wow. in a C4. Yeah, it is. Um, and then that was also a fairly rare color, but less attractively so. So they call the color black rose metallic, but it, it, it's ask anybody, it's purple. Ask yeah. anybody, it's purple. You know, it just is. <laughs> um, and so now, uh, I think even even in high school, you asked, oh, the kids in high school must have thought this. It was like, hey, what happened to your nice one? <laughs> I was like, is this the same car? Stupid. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, no, 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 this one's way cooler because it has a stick shift. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it was like, and then also it gave me the all the leeway I needed. Oh, it needs new exhaust. <gasps> it does. Yeah. Well, you know, you know, Borla makes an exhaust that. Uh, that the, is right. There's this right around my like first no job. Exhaust. Exactly. So next thing you know, you know, I've got my first job now. I can afford to put these parts well, on. Guess and what? I, you don't get to sneak away from home anymore. No, but <laughs> you know, there's just. I was so excited to have a car I could modify and tinker with, yeah. because you know there is a lot to be said about that. Whether you have a, a crappy car or not, as car guys, we want to mess with them. And you know, I had a museum piece, and that's not necessarily what you want at 16. Yeah. You know, even if look, I looking back now, I wish I had that car so much because I'm such a C4 nerd mm-hmm. that I would. I might be one of those guys with the special occasion that's never good enough <laughs> to drive that car. <laughs> but it was such a special car. I've seen a bunch of these, by the way, on uh, what is this? Carsforsale.com. Uh, the the one with 4,000 miles on it's a, a oh bit pricey. Yeah. But uh, yeah. that one's at $74,000. Oh, my. Is it a ZR1? Got to be. Uh, let's see. A 1990. Yeah. Yep. ZR1 yeah. two door yeah. hatchback. The, they're the only fourth gen Corvettes that no. are bringing that money. And right I don't now. even like 90s because they made the most of I must guess I'm a snob about that. They made the most of them. You know, they still have like the old front and the new rear. Like, yep. But yeah. fourth gen ZR1s yeah. and Grand Sports. Yep. They're the only ones that are bringing money like that. That's it. Well, so many of them uh, are around 30,000, 35,000 miles when you're mm-hmm. talking twelve to 17K. Yeah. yeah. And so that's, that's, a, that's yeah, not they're, that They're bad. extremely affordable for what you would pay for yeah. a fairly okay 10-year-old used car. You can go find a low-mile fourth gen Corvette. Now, granted, there are downsides. Getting in and out of them is oh a lot goodness. like getting in and out of a canoe. <laughs> and I'm not nearly as old as you guys, and I'll, I'll tell you this. I grunt. Yeah. Getting in and out of my C4. So, hey, hey, there's been more than one time I've been getting out of that 65 and said, oh, God, it's close to the ground. Yeah. Why? Oh, yeah. At least it has no big door sill like the C4s oh, do. Oh, no, the, no. Yeah. And it, it wasn't so much the door sill. It's, well, it is uh, because they had to make the, the frame rails strong enough to be able to take the torque and everything. Right. And the conversation we had about uh, Fortune Corvettes convertibles. Uh, before the show where there's so much chassis flex and, and cow flex. And if you wind up getting a convertible that has a hard top, yep. it makes that car infinitely more rigid. It is stiffer than the coupes in yeah. any form. Um, and, and, and then you go throw one into a corner. You're like, because <laughs> it's incredible. It, the coupes are, well, not the stiffest thing in the world, but you take the target top off yeah. and you feel like, Oh my goodness. Yeah, it's a different car. You hit a, hit a railroad track in a C4 with the target top off, and you feel like you're going to have to catch the dash. It feels like a flexible like flyer runner yeah, sled. It's bad. They oh, are wow. bad. And the thing is, my dad had a you know a 94 ZR1 brand new, and it was the same thing. He said, you know, you'd think the ZR1 would be stiffer. It was a separate production line. Yeah. All this stuff. He said, you parked the car in the driveway in the, in the wrong way, you couldn't get the top back on. Yeah. You know, that's just how, just how they work. Calflex. 
Yeah. Holy That's cow. how bad it was. Sorry, you, you, you couldn't see that. My eyes were bugging. I'm like, what no. the hell? Are you serious? Yeah. And another fun fact about C4s, I don't care who you are or which, how many miles they have on them. They leak. They, they all do. They leak. Oh, they all do. My dad's ZR1 leaked. And that's what I've, I've said it in the C4 groups, which, of course, I got firebombed for. But I was like, no, they leak. And people are like, no, mine doesn't. I'm like, oh, oh, you know what? That's, whatever. <laughs> that's the difference between between people who've never had one and want to have one and people who've had a few of them. Right. And you and I both have. It's okay. Um, it's one of the features. <laughs> it's it's part of the charm. Yeah. Just like I was, your dad introduced you to Corvettes. Does mm-hmm. he still have them? He does. Uh, he's thinned out his herd quite a bit since I was a kid. So okay. um, when I was a kid, we had the coolest of the cool of all of them you know um so we i grew up we had a you know the zr1 um before that he had a a 92 aqua metallic like and he had a 94 zr1 with a 405 right yeah the big horse five horse and the redesigned seats and everything else correct yeah so he had like in my opinion like the golden era of of zr1 especially because back then they thinned out the production so much yeah try to find a 94 or 95 you'll pay double what you do on a 90 i know it's insane yeah you can find 90s all day long yeah but a 91 and up it's practically you know you just can't find them yeah um, but no, we, we had a 67, 427 convertible, mm. uh, red with the black stinger before they were worth anything. Um, we had a 63 fuely split window. Okay. Um, with the real knockoff wheels, not the three spoke, the, the two spoke, the, the two spoke spinners. Yeah. 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 So we had that, um, uh, we drove that to Colorado, like all the cars that my dad had, none of them were garage Queens. They were all very nice, but they were all driven and all yeah. of them we took like major road trips, well, obviously. That's, that's not what like you're the, supposed to do. Though. Exactly. But as a kid, I went to Colorado, you know, Keystone or whatever, several times in a 63, a 68 and different Corvettes. And uh, folks, this was before the time of iPads to, you know, entertain you as a six-year-old. <laughs> well, <laughs> you can go fast. That's entertaining. There you go. Exactly. And also the the drone of the exhaust is is something that comforts me as a kid. Well, something, I, f- me as a kid, something I, I found interesting is your dad has a red and white 1960. He sure does. Uh, that's a car I'm infinitely, infinitely, inf- <laughs> infinitely and intimately familiar with yes. since I've had a red and white 1960 for 35 years. Yep. And I just, every, every time I see one out someplace, it just makes your heart skip a bit. It does. Cause you don't really see them anymore. You know, no. well, you never really saw them in the first place, I suppose, but you definitely don't see them now. And they're such uh timeless cars. So it's actually interesting. If you look at the 54, 53, 54, 55, you have to be a real Corvette guy to even really know what those cars are. Yeah. If you ask a normal person, what's an old Corvette look like? They'll say, you know, 57, 50, you know, they, with well, the, if the they, second if they, they got they the coves. If they know, you know, yeah, but it's most people that go, hey, that's one of the first Corvettes. And it's that, but that was the body style that clicked yeah. with the American public. It was, that's our sports car. You know, they, it was like they rallied behind that. But the, the 58, 59, 60 in exactly. red and white, that's the poster car. That is. That's, that's I love the one you more. see in yeah. the calendars and the posters and all that stuff. Yeah. And that's the one that always turns my head. Same here. And the, the second they got the double headlights and everything else, it's just like, that's the car. And the fact that I've had one as long as I have, I can't imagine not owning that car. There so really cool. Uh, so what's currently in your automotive stable? Oh, it's just a whole eclectic 
mess of crap now. <laughs> so, I know you've got some stuff that you have just for the channel. Right. It's it's a lot of that. So it's it, this. we'll go back to this later. But that Hellcat that I had, um, I sold and turned into several much crappier cars. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I had a very I nice I had a very nice Hellcat and uh it's funny it got I you know I was I was throwing my hat in the ring with the YouTube thing and I was thought, man, who loves anything more than Hellcats? Turns out not my audience. Oh, okay. <laughs> so um I had I made a couple of throwaway videos to practice getting back on screen with my Prius. You have one black <laughs> Volvo wagon that will not hold any fluid oh, known God. to man I, yeah that thing's been a mess so that's actually <laughs> believe it or not you ask my audience it's the greatest thing i've ever done is this this abandoned volvo v70r now it is the most special it's one. a v70r it's a v70r it, it it has the manual transmission the space ball <gasps> volvo manual yes it is yes. very cool um i bought it from now mark it, yeah. he hasn't seen one it has a manual transmission but rather than having a rubber or a leather shift boot around it uh-huh. it has this kind of silver plastic covering underneath a housing and anywhere you move it it just moves around yeah, it's with just it. like a sphere that moves instead of a boot it's very it's the only thing i've ever seen but the v70r it's a turbo five it's cylinder? a turbo five cylinder so it's 300 horsepower all-wheel drive Wagon Station wagon with a yeah. manual. Um, it's a 2005, and so all of this boiled down to for me as even a even a noob at marketing use. Who was this for? Well, you, know? <laughs> you can scare the hell out of your kids. Yeah. You can get around in crappy weather. You can haul a ton of junk. Right. It's uh, it's the car for the person who could only have one. It is, and it does it. It has it's, more cubic feet of storage than uh, or you know cargo space than my uncle's Jeep Grand Cherokee. But if you ever you see know, one of these Volvo wagons and you fold down the back seats, and you can you can get a sheet of 4 by 8 plywood in the damn thing. It, they're huge. We put six tires in it at some point. <laughs> I mean, oh it's, it's incredible. Like I said, we actually did. My uncle did the math, and he has a Jeep, you know, just like an old Jeep Grand Cherokee. Okay, like, you've got the V70R. Yeah, I've got the V70R. Um, I have a Prius. I know. Blue. Uh, we could, go, we no could go on, on that. Prius. <laughs> you know, I had a Geo Storm that I could fit an eight foot ladder well, in. Hey, so, there you go. You know, Those hey, are fun. Well, he's it. got the Prius for when he needs to go to Sierra Club meetings. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've got a uh, a manual uh, ninety eight uh, BMW five twenty eight i. Cool. Um, wow. Very cool. It's Oxford green and it's got the tan interior. It's like the classic. You know, that, uh, that's really that. that's layers. Yeah. of classic BMW. Right. It's so good. Uh, this my mine in particular needs you know a little bit of love, but it's a good car. You said BMW. Oh well, yeah, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> um, I have my my '92 C4, which is just now not a piece of crap uh, since high school. I've you still have that car? Still have it. Oh, okay, um, it's the second one, the the one that I. That, that, and that's the Except one that it's I, no longer purple. It's no longer purple. It is now millennium yellow, which if you're a C4 it's, enthusiast out there is not the correct yellow. Big bird yellow. Yeah, it's the <laughs> 07 and up yellow, but it just looked better. The 95 yellow was kind of buttery. Eh, the best Corvette yellow, my personal opinion. Yeah. 76, 77, 78. Yes, is very good. Uh, late third gen. Yeah, that's a good That's a good yellow. I, I've had a, a 77. You turn off the light in the garage, car glows. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I have no doubt. All right, um, BMW, yeah, BMW V70R, Prius, Prius, Corvette. Um, man. Come on. No, 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 hold on. There's more. I just got rid of uh, Mercedes 300TD Wagon 83 uh, diesel. I love those. Um, it was good, actually, uh, and I drove that. I bought that um, from Tyler Hoover, but I 
drove it back from Ed Bolian's oh, house. Oh, is that that cream-colored? It was the one from Car Trek 5. Okay, that he let Yo, drive itself backwards down but the track. But believe it or not, I swear to God, in real life, you couldn't find the damage. I watched the footage. He sent it to me before I bought the car. And I was like, dude, I don't know. And then, like, you see, it's like a... It, if there's no <laughs> doubt about in my mind that those cars are tanks, it's that. The thing it, hit a guardrail. It is rail. the stereotypical it waspy BMW wagon. It did nothing to that car. And then I drove it with practically no maintenance from Ed Bullion's house in Atlanta all the way to Wichita, Kansas. Driving out of Atlanta, having recently done so on the way down to Amelia, because yeah. we took the Cayenne down there. Mm-hmm. We spent three hours in Atlanta traffic. Yeah, so the, here's the fun fact about that is Tyler said, hey, sometimes you need to recharge the AC. <laughs> oh, no. And so I was like, all right, no problem. I'll get you know get some some AC Pro or whatever from O'Reilly's yeah. and top it off. It didn't hold a charge for 15 minutes. <laughs> and I had gone in early. And so I actually have the story about this. I My dad wanted to make the trip back with me, you know, uh, kind of like the great race, but just no time limit or whatever. And yeah. I then had to go from Ed's house to the airport, which is about an hour even without traffic. And I just had to sit in August heat, oh, go God. to get my dad. And then I was like, dad, you're not going to like this, but there's no AC and there's so much traffic. Right there's now. a reason they call it hot Lana. <laughs> yeah. And we just had to, we had to do this. We had to do the sit in the traffic, both directions in the same day. And uh, <laughs> boy, was I lightheaded. <laughs> Let's just say that. <laughs> All right, so you just liquidated the wagon. Um, yeah, I liquidated that. I'm trying to think. I just moved these cars around. Um, he's got so much stuff he can't remember what he's got. Yeah, that's a terrible problem. Well, no, but they're all like I said. They're oh no, the the, the car track Maserati. I have a 2000. You, you still it's like have my that. favorite car. The yeah, y, the Y1 with one. all the decals. Yeah, on. yeah. Okay. So it's like a, a Trofeo tribute, I guess you could call it. Um, but I bought that from the second season of Car Trek from Tavarish. And uh, that was just, you know, a heck of a deal. Wow, you're kind of a glutton for punishment. (laughs) Yeah. And that car was. I'm surprised you didn't wind up with Tavares' Z06. Uh, No, well, I drove that a few times too. (laughs) 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 That thing was was all right, but that was a little loose, even for the mileage reported on that thing. Okay. It was, you know, it was okay. They did put it through car track and all that they garbage, did and so. like i said i mean so was this poor maserati i mean it was in bad shape the interior just wasn't even there none of the it cars was, none of the cars that you watch go through that look like they really come out shining no no they're pretty rough on cars on car track well, <laughs> but you know you'll give it to him there hasn't been one that really hasn't made it I mean, no but freddie did take the doors off a of 308 he sure did <laughs> <laughs> And I had the, the the opportunity to work on both Car Trek Nine and Ten as a PA uh, with them this last time, so I got to see it firsthand. And all right, so yowzers. <laughs> what is the primary content on your channel for the uninitiated? Um, I mean, clearly we're all in the, we all it's know all what podcast stuff. we're here. It's very automotive. Um, I do try to do a lot with my own, you know, quote unquote fleet. Yeah, um, but there is a, an okay mixture of both adventure. Um, there's a handful of new car reviews, but I mean, I'll do content at Monterey Car Week, um, wherever I'm traveling with. If I go to, you know, if when I go to visit Ed, we do stuff with him. You know, it's like I'll I'll show what I'm doing. I, I don't keep it exclusive to, oh, if it's not my Volvo, I can't film it. And along with that, and by the time the show posts, the mm-hmm. uh, the entry deadline will have come and gone. Correct. But along with that, uh, you and JR from Watch JR Go mm-hmm. have a yellow Corvette Z06, a fifth gen we do. that you're giving away and tell us about the company that you're giving this away and uh, what the proceeds go to that sort of thing. Well, so it's a, it's a veteran owned small business um, mm-hmm. called get entered to win. 
Um, and they really are, uh, the folks who run it are just the most wholesome people in the world. And I had done a promotion for them in the past, um, with a collaboration sort of in the vein with Matt Farah. Mm -hmm. Um, but it was, you know, it's kind of like a lot of people say, oh, you know, some of these collaborations seem so insincere because you're, you're talking, I'm talking about my Volvo and I'm dancing around this turbo pipe or whatever. And then all of a sudden I have to harsh cut and go to, Hey, wouldn't it be neat if you had this and this and this and this, you know, but it, but it's just. It's an ad, and you're, you're, you're tossing this other yeah. thing out here. Um, with this particular giveaway, um, the company sent it to us so that instead of just going, hey, here's some B-roll of a car that we're giving away, wouldn't that be kind of neat? Anyway, you actually had the car. Anyway, back to what we're doing. In your grubby little mitts. Exactly. So oh, wow. now we have the car, and believe it or not, I mean, the car is actually great. It's a, well, tell us about the it's, car. It's a 40,000-mile 2001 Z06 and 2001 is the first year of the Z06 mm-hmm. for the C5. So some people knock them because they have less horsepower. Um, it's yeah, 300, less, it's 385 horse. Believe me, watch the videos. It, it gets the chop done. Um, you know, but it's, it's an incredibly like cherry car, but it still had, you know, some of these things where you're like, well, what content are you going to make with it? It was like, well, there's still stuff to tinker with on this thing. Well, some of the content you made and you made involved, uh, possibly, reducing the lifetime of rear tires. Correct. They needed to go. Yeah. yeah they were, they were a nuisance. Um, so I wanted to see them gone the second that it got there. <laughs> no, in, in all reality, the car, the car is, uh, you know, somebody almost did one of those whole two special occasion to drive the thing. The car had tires on it from 2010. So, um, so we got new be, tire. We have yeah. new tires. Um, the new person that will get the car will probably still have the stickers on the tires <laughs> when they get them. Um, but no, yeah. But if you're going to get new tires, you may as you well have, do damage to the old You have to use tires. up the old ones. You have to. It's the law. <laughs> um, no, but there were little things on it that just happened to Corvettes. It's, a, it's all the normal C5 stuff. But we were able to kind of show, hey, this is stuff that you like. You know, you like me. You like John Ross. Look at this car we're working on. And guess what? You have the chance to win this one. Not one we're talking about. Like the one we're actually yeah. messing with. And again, uh, JR is no stranger to the Corvette stuff. Exactly. Neither are you. So, yeah, so it that was, does seem a natural. It was a very fun thing. And also, I mean, it's yellow. I mean, the latest video I did as this was, I had to compare it to my yellow C4. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, you got two yellow, uh, two different generation Corvettes in the same area. You got to at least compare and contrast them, well, even yeah. if they couldn't be less similar. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but it was, you know, it's just been a lot of fun. And it's been a really cool, fun uh, promotion. And like I said, the car is legitimately an amazing driving well, car. And, you know, you have an excuse to take a Corvette Z06 out and do rude things. I with know, it. you know, and you can't ever turn one of those down. No, not at all. <laughs> the very earliest videos on your YouTube channel are 15 years old. Yes. So you kind of had the notion of doing this a long time ago, but really it came alive. You had a smattering of them about three years ago, but two years ago you turned on the jets and you started making a lot of videos about cars and the channel's growth has been really profound to say the very least. What spurred you to become more active a couple of years ago and to what do you owe the channel's success? Is perseverance enough or does it take more than that? Well, okay. Excellent question. So there's a reason that there's 15 year old videos on my channels because back in the day, back YouTube was just a place to kind of upload videos. Nobody yeah. knew what to do with the platform. There were well, there were certainly no ads. Yeah, there, there was were, no there revenue generation. It was like the place that we did. It was like, hey, me and my friends can make this dumb video and you can put it there. And if we go to somebody else's house, 
we could find it again. Yeah. You know, it wasn't like that's all we kind of thought about. It was like, wouldn't this be neat to show the guys at school sometime? Yeah. It's just a story. It was almost like Google Drive. It was like, I'll yeah. just put a video up there. It doesn't matter because there was nothing to do with it. Um, you know, and obviously over time, some stuff changed. And, you know, I had learned how to do, I had gotten a kind of a passion for video editing in high school. And, but there was, there was no, even though YouTube existed, there, it wasn't the platform that it is today. Um, so there was nothing to do with what I wanted to do with both cars and editing and, you know, being, doing be on screen stuff. But a couple of years ago. But a couple of years ago, I had kind of, well, thanks to John Ross and Tyler Hoover and a lot of the other local huge the Wichita guys, car, the mafia. car YouTube mafia. <laughs> it, it dawned on me that it was like, hey, wait, I have a facility. I have the video editing skill. I have my mom, you know, my mom is a, came from a television background. Oh, really? Yeah. And my dad is a, basically a lighting set designer, uh, as one of his other uh, things. So you Not got to all cheat. Of this stuff. You got to all cheat a bunch because you had it, all this. I li- no, but I literally, it was like, they were all right in front of me. And I was like, why am I not doing this? Yeah. You had and a, so, amazing resources right there. I had the best possible resources. <laughs> so it was like, what if I just start doing it? And so I just did. And if you watch my earliest videos, which make me cringe to this day, it was me with a GoPro on a tripod, which is not a good combo. Um, (laughs) Trying my best to fight wind noise. And I think I had a 20 foot long extension cord with a three and a half millimeter thing going to a a dead cat on my shirt, trying to make (laughs) a video uh, tied to, you know, this, the, the flimsiest tripod in the world. And I was like, I just gotta at least try. And, you know, kind of just kept at it and there wasn't there's not a lot of return and i think that's what you your your follow-up question there was was it just perseverance and the answer is yes the threshold to make youtube start snowballing is so high and they keep moving the goalpost that if you want to get into this you need to have a day job you cannot just go all right i'm quitting and i'm starting youtube because no, you are not uh like the only reason i did this is because i would do it and i'd stay up until 2 a.m you know, several nights a week editing, going back and then coming, you know, it was just, it was an absolute grind. And yes, there were resources like having John Ross and Tyler, but even then, you know, they're not going to have, you know, they're not going to do a shout out for a channel that has 50 views and they don't know if you're going to stick with it. Yeah. You know, so there's a lot of perseverance in it as well. You know, like you do, you stick with it. It does grow, but like YouTube, it's the catch 22 of it. You have to find somebody to watch it. And the only way that, to do that is to get YouTube to recommend it. And you can't get anybody to recommend it when there's nobody watching it. And, and then it just turns into this whole thing where so you're you like, just How have do you to keep do plugging it? and plugging yeah, and plugging. Yeah, and it's trying this, trying that. And for me, the craziest part was I could make this, what I thought, awesome video with my Hellcat. Oh, my God. Nobody could care less. I made the <laughs> dumbest video in the world with my Prius. And people were like, this is fantastic. And I was like, guys, this was not the real one. Yeah. No. And then I'd make it, I'd go back, I'd go, well, how about the Hellcat? And I was like, no, no, not really. And you go back to the Prius and I was like, it's it's kind of like, I'll, I'll pick on Tyler for a minute. And Tyler, if you're listening, uh, first of all, you know, we love you and (laughs) I I don't get to see you enough. It's usually just auctions here in Kansas city or occasionally I run into him in Monterey or Scottsdale. Uh, But anyway, Tyler can have the most fabulous, most expensive, wildest thing in the world, and it'll get mediocre views. Or he can have a supreme pile of crap, and people seem to like 
to watch him when everything goes wrong. That, yep. When he gets stranded in the middle of nowhere and there's smoke coming out of the car. And it, it seems like the things that you would think are really cool don't get any traction. But people want to see you fall on Well, your it's also because that's relatable. That yeah. could happen to you. You know, um, that's also part of the reason why, like, some of the early it, it kind of makes me wish I had some of my crappier cars back. Yeah, <laughs> honestly, it does. Like, I had a five hundred dollar Malibu that I thought was like, um, and this it was a disaster, but people kind of liked it yeah. because guess what? They could find themselves in that position. Well, who can't who can't swing a five hundred dollar car? Exactly. There's that. I mean, so yeah, it's neat to watch Ferrari videos, and I mean, it's not like I don't. Uh, but you know what? I, what are the chances you're going to find yourself in that same yeah, position? I haven't, I haven't gotten there yet. You know, I've had a lot of cool stuff. It's the same deal. It's the gas station theory that I've had. You know, if somebody if you pull up in a Ferrari. There's a lot of people that are like kind of don't want to talk to you because they just assume, oh, oh those guys. Are you pull up in a Mustang. Hey, I, I could have one of those. You know, so an old well, Corvette, tell you a little bit about an it. old Corvette or an old Impala or yep. something like that. Everybody and their mother will talk to. Well, you. they had one just like it. But if you pull up. <laughs> If you pull up in a brand new Mercedes, oh, it's a no thing. Nobody yeah. wants to say it, anything exactly. to you. Uh, shockingly, I had a guy in a nearly new four five eight prove the theory because mm. uh, you know he's he's there. I'm in one of the Corvettes. I'm talking to him, and he turns to me, and I did I didn't I didn't know his name. I didn't know what he did for a living. Any of that stuff. I was just talking to him about his car. He turns to me. He says. I don't care about anybody else's car. I just like mine. Oh, my goodness. Okay. He well, said that out loud? He said it out loud. Man. Wow. And I was standing there for a second thinking, did you think about that before it came out of your <laughs> mouth, or you just let her rip? Nope. Yep. <laughs> Aren't you just special? Uh-huh. Yeah, princess. well, good for you. Uh, one thing you are notorious for, for those who know you, is sneaking into collector car auctions when you're not really supposed to be there or you don't have a pass. And you ducked into an RM Sotheby's sale and doing so wound up landing you a job with worldwide auctioneers. You want to talk about that? Yeah, that's a, that's a kind of a wild chain of events that happened there. (laughs) Um, so, you know, it was car week and, uh, you know, we were doing the thing, Monterey car week. Um, I was with the buddy and we had been, we'd been Laguna all day, you know, naturally. And I had, Limited, limited sunscreen. So yeah, I was just red as a lobster. You didn't have anything protective on. No, you of didn't course stand not. under any of the awnings. No, you got to look at the cars and run around <laughs> and go to the hill and you know whatever. But uh, so you're crispy. We're crispy. Uh, but we go. You know, it's the day is winding down. We go to R and M, and there's a there's a viewing area outside that even if you don't have tickets, you can see some of the big hitters. Yeah. They'll put them outside. But there are the cool things inside. We, we wanted to get in, but there's security everywhere. And it was like, we were kind of just getting near it. And security kept telling us no. And it became this like quest to be like, challenge to see we? if you could get in. And so I, like we talked about earlier, actually, I was like, well, I could probably get a media pass. Even if it's late in the day, I can't explain myself. They did. They gave me a wristband, tried to go into the same door that they kicked us out of. And I showed them, <laughs> I was like, I just got the thing. And he's like, well, it's no good anymore. It was almost like a mafia thing. What do you it was mean? Crazy. It was like, it was like, well, there's no good. I just here. got it. It's fresh. Yeah. I was like, oh my gosh. Okay. Well now it's on. You know, so now uh, we're looking around and we went inside. the I, hotel. I have I have a mental image of Elliot sneaking under a tent flap. <laughs> <laughs> no, so we went in. We were like, oh, we'll go to the hotel. If we'll, we, they can't say no, if we go to the bar, we're yeah. just getting a drink. It's, it just got us a few feet closer. And now we kind of look like a hotel hey, guest. So, you know, I have a wristband. Right. I have a cocktail. Right. I belong. Right. It looked less suspicious. You know, I saw a walkway. 
it was up like six floors up. And I literally did. I counted like one, two, three, four, five, five, six. I was like, dude, I bet if we go up to that sixth floor, that leads straight across to where we're trying to go. Really? Yeah. And we went up there and there was, we eventually found it, walked up the walkway. And that was where it was. First of all, there were a couple of times outside on a different outside stairwell that uh, were declined to mm-hmm. say the least. And uh, <laughs> we, by the time we figured out this one, it's, you know, it's been a full quest at this point, but uh, I don't know what the combination of things was, but the uh, the officer up there seemed to think it was fine if we were already that far. I have a wristband. We were had a wristband. I have a cocktail. Exactly. I belong. And so we walked in, and by the time we were in, I was like, all right, now we're in. <laughs> okay, so let's just leave it. But I kept filming because I was like, I want to show you the stuff that's in here, you know, yeah. the Enzos and, you know, the 288 GTOs. And oh, yeah. All the stuff that's on the second floor of that place, you know, carpeted thing. And, you know, we just kind of made this video about like, hey, sneaking in. But then after we did all that, we went out back outside to the part where we weren't allowed at earlier. Mm-hmm. Uh, but now you're already in. Once once you're in. You're in. Th- you're in. So just don't do anything outlandish and you're not yeah. going to get kicked out. Um, so we just kind of filmed the rest of it. It was like, it was like, that's wild. And then it was like, oh my gosh, the auction's starting. Let's just attend. Yes. <laughs> uh, so we did. And we just had sit toward the back, find an empty seat. We just had an evening, you know, and it was, it was fantastic. And uh, I got a random email some weeks later um, from a guy. And I'm not kidding. It didn't have uh, like letterhead or like any sort of signature on the bottom of it. It was just guy. like a text email about, uh, it was, from a guy from worldwide. And he said, basically I've seen your video at the auctions, uh, touring them, even though you weren't supposed to be there. Yada, yada. He was like, he's like, what, what would you like to do something about like out, out at one of our auctions? What? Sure. And I was like, sure. I kind of wondered what the deal was. I was like, do you just want me to come there and do that minus sneaking in? And he's basically like, yeah. And, uh, we'll let you yeah. in. That's what I was like. I was like, well, I mean, that sounds like half of the job is, you know, already done. Great. Uh, but then it turned out he was like, uh, well, one of our on-air broadcaster guys like canceled on us. He's like, how do you feel about doing live commentary? And I was just kind of like, well, I've never done it before, but uh, I'll give it a whirl. And he was just like, great, you're in. And I'm like, oh, my God. Oh, my gosh. Okay. No more training than that. Yeah, no more guidelines like, or like, parameters. No, just- once, once we got there, there was a little bit more uh, training and uh, chatter. It wasn't just hop on air, but that's uh, more than I got as an auction analyst. Yeah. So it was, it turned into that. I couldn't tell you how nervous I was doing all this. Cause I'm like, Oh my, I'm so out of place. It was imposter syndrome. Like, Oh my God. You yeah. know, a million degrees. I'm like, I, you guys, I just made like a dumb video sneaking in our names. I promise it'll be okay. But they were like, you are the only person under 45 who knows anything about pre-war cars. You're fine. Oh wow. And I'm like, okay. Okay. Let's see fair. all that car crap got you something. Yeah. I was like, I was like, well, that's fair. I do know at least something about pre-war cars. And it was like, okay, well, we'll give it a whirl. And uh, yeah. all right. Now, now is the question everybody waits for. <laughs> and then after this, we're really going to get at you. Uh, what is the dumbest thing Ooh. you've ever done in a car? That's like, oh, man, I'm trying to think all of, all of the things I instantly go and, to. And while you're thinking of this, <laughs> My dad listens to this show, so that's the reason I never have any of my old friends on and have them ask me this question, because I don't want my old man finding out what an idiot I was. Okay. <laughs> man, there's so... That's what I'm saying. like, oh, my God. Uh, aside from just the outlandish speeds that we've done on these, you know, miles-long straight well, Kansas roads. There's there that's perfectly it's, legitimate. It is, but it's uh, not. It, it, I don't think it's the dumbest thing I've ever done. In a car. I had the state Oh, my of, God. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I got so many tickets when I was a kid, yeah. when I was in high school. The state of Kansas tried to take my license away before I got out of high school. That's impressive. 
Not really. Well, I mean, looking back, <laughs> I think it's you know it's fairly impressive. Well, I I knew the uh, I knew the system for getting an attorney and getting yourself out of tickets really early. Uh, I also knew that as long as I was on my dad's insurance, I kind of had to tell him because he f- would find oh, out he'd eventually. Find out anyway, yeah. Uh, so much so that's that's how I wound up with that sixty Corvette. Oh, too many tickets. That's the n- nice. I was, like, I, I, was get supposed to, too. I was supposed to be looking for a new car because I had shredded a Camaro going through high school. Yeah. And I found a 1988 Mazda RX-7 GTU brand new that was within my budget. And if you go back and look at the GTO, GTUs, they had power nothing. Uh, it was really stripped down, very light, mm-hmm. would handle well. And I took the invoice to my dad. I said, hey... Here it is. He called his insurance guy. His insurance guy looked me up and started laughing (laughs) (laughs) and told my dad, you know, how many of your tickets, how many tickets your kid's gotten. And my dad, I'm standing in his office at his, at his business and he's just fuming. And you know, that feeling of vertigo you get when you know you're in really deep trouble. Unfortunately, yes. And I'm thinking the old man's going to leap up from behind his desk and snatch me bald. And I, I, I got to find this insurance agent. He's out there somewhere. A loose lip, just offhand, says, for what it's going to cost you to insure him on an RX-7, you may as well give him a Corvette. That's a good insurance agent right there. Oh, Dad <laughs> slams the phone down. He is fuming. But by the same token, he's thinking, I got a Corvette. I like it. I can save a lot of money not buying this little turd a new car. Hey, how would you like to drive that Corvette? After he yells at me a little bit. Of course. Uh, how would you like to drive that Corvette? I'm thinking, the one you've got, like, in storage? And he says, yeah. Sure. And suddenly, I'm king stud of the universe. He well, saved know. the price of a new RX-7. Man. Uh, I don't think at that point he ever thought I would never get rid of the car. But I never got rid of it. That's been hey, 35 years. I still have that car. Honestly, that is an everyone wins story right there. It absolutely <laughs> is. So who knew driving like an a-hole could <laughs> score you a vintage Corvette? No, now, that's... I'm trying to sorry, to, sorry to tread all over no, your uh, your answer. No, because I'm trying to think there there have been cars that have been almost wrecked. There have been all this, you know, the high-speed shenanigans, uh-huh. the, the railroad jumps in third-gen Camaros, oh, um, you know, all Jesus. that stuff. I... I I, it, it was a third Kansas. Gen. It was an 84 Camaro Berlinetta, yeah. and I jumped it over a railroad track so See? many times it could have had an in-flight meal. This, has there ever been a third-gen Camaro that hasn't jumped railroad tracks? <laughs> I don't know, but the so, Berlinetta with the digital <laughs> dash. And, yeah, that's so cool. And, that's a cool and car. The, the world's most gutless V6. It oh, was, of course. It was that carb 2.8. Had a, like, it a, doesn't matter. They still fly the same. 100 horsepower, yeah. maybe. You just had to get a longer run at the tracks. They still fly the same. I'm trying to think. Okay, one of the I'll, I'll tell you two quick ones here. One, but my dad was still, uh, you know, flying. Okay. Um, and I had remembered, you know, it was very early in the drifting days. You know, all oh, drifting was so cool in the early 2000s. And I remember being like, you know, there's these like all these hangers and stuff over there that obviously is perfectly smooth concrete mm-hmm. and no traffic because, well, it's hangers. And so I had convinced you got my spotted by your friend, old man, didn't you? No worse. Uh, we, we did it. We drifted around a whole bunch and we came back and we were screwing around and did something. And my dad got a phone call oh, and no. he was like, Hey, do you know anything about this? He, they thought for some reason, even though we were in my friend's STI, <laughs> they thought that because they saw my dad's car near there, 
they thought my dad was drifting around in his Yukon. <laughs> and then I even told them, I was like, Dad, that's obviously silly. That thing would flip. Like, we were not drifting in the Yukon. And he's like, you weren't drifting anything else. I was like, of course not. <laughs> and, then, like, you know, and then like he walked outside and he saw a silver essay. He was like, no, that's what they said. He's like, I was like, oh, crap, dang. Uh, no, so he got in trouble. We had to apologize to all these, you know, oh, uh, different no. people. And oh, no. I find out it's actually like, Probably super illegal to be like even near a taxiway flying around like yeah, that. Yeah, uh, you know, that's we right. 16, the FAA might want to have a word. We couldn't have been dumber. I don't know what the statute is on that, so it, we're, I'm fine. I'm not worried about it. Uh, but the worst, as, as far as ticket stories go, is actually my first ticket ever. Um, it was in that nice C4, and I mean, I had the top off. I was literally it was summer, and I had I, I worked at a computer store, but I was stopping uh, where my dad worked before going to my work. And I think I had a computer in the passenger seat. I had the top off and I mean, it's, I just was living my best life. I think I was going 70, <laughs> you know, music was on, everything was great. Sure. And, uh, I didn't notice a thing. I turned onto the street, I pull into the parking lot and that's when I see the lights. Oh, and no. I, I see, and I stop just immediately. Cause you know, it's my first time I've been pulled over ever six, very early 16. And what I didn't know is I stopped in the like in view of the window where a meeting was currently taking place at my dad's oh, company. No. So then I'm sitting no. there, but my dad's back is to it. And so everyone else is going is watching you get a yeah, ticket. Do it doing big eyes and looking around through in the a car window. That's a fairly oh, rare color exactly. and they gotta know Every, who they you all are. know who it was yeah. And it was just like, oh boy. And then I walked in <laughs> and I, you know, had the ticket in my hand. Heavy hit, you know, heavy hit. And I was like, oh boy, what am I going to do here? And I walked in and two people before I even got there were like, hey, we saw. And I'm like, <laughs> and I'm like, oh, oh, oh boy, oh boy. <laughs> and I had to go tell my dad and he was like, all right, well, how fast was it? And I was like, um, well, you know, the speed limit's 40. And he's like, I know. <laughs> and I was like, so is, you know, 70. Oh, and he was wow. like, 70. <sighs> he was like, I was like, what? I lost track of speed. It's, I wasn't paying attention. It's got a heavy throttle. I don't know. Like, it's, there's so many things here, but no, he he never he never got over that one because of all the witnesses. I think. Uh, oh no, yeah, yeah, you're screwed. All righty. Well, we put oh, you through boy. the gauntlet with all the questions. This is the part that I'm nervous for. All the personal for. questions, but because uh, I am such a Corvette fiend and you am too, uh, we're going to put you through a speed round of Corvette trivia. And uh, we'll see how sharp oh, you really boy. are on this stuff. Okay. <laughs> uh, the name Corvette was in use by the military before there were cars existence, existent. What type of vehicle did it refer to? It's like a Spanish boat that was very fast. Uh, French. French. Sm- but a, it was a boat. A small frigate. Yes. Either way. I need that uh, one. <laughs> Corvettes were in short supply in 1953, so GM decided to sell them only to the rich and famous to extract maximum publicity value. Mm-hmm. What was the one American family that got Three of them. Oh, I actually don't know that one. I know several famous people. I know John Wayne got I one. I can give you multiple choice. Can okay. Yeah, do there, multiple choice. There's one obvious kick out. The Rockefellers, <laughs> the Mellons, the Trumps, or the DuPonts? Uh, the DuPonts. Correct. Okay. Good guess. Good job. Uh, which model year in the early years saw leftover unsold Corvettes? Uh, in the early years... Define, define that. We're talking solid axle or uh, uh, the the first generation. Yeah. Okay. Which, which uh, year had leftover Corvettes? Probably sixty two. No. Really? Fifty four. Ah. 
Really? You should know that. Oh, yeah. I should know that. Yeah, I mean, they were still having t- they were still having a tough time selling them, but I just figured with leftover, everyone wanted the sixty three. You know, I, was- I can give you multiple guess on the rest of these if you'd like. In 1957, the optional wide wheels RPO two seventy six were how wide? Five inches, five and a half inches, six point six inches, or six point five inches. I want to say five and a half inches. You're correct. Okay. They were. Okay, here. Let's see what else we got. Uh, of the colors listed below, which was not an exterior color choice in 1957, Aztec copper, Cascade green, Venetian red, Inca silver, or Topaz blue. It's. It's. I want to say Aztec copper because they still had a hard time figuring out copper until like 2008. It was Topaz blue. Really? And I they shot. I shot paint. an Aztec copper a couple of years really? ago at a Barrett Jackson auction. That's shocking because like I guess since then they lost the technology for 50 <laughs> years yeah. until they got it back in 2008. Uh, the T-shaped reverse lockout handle just below the knob on manual transmission gear shifts appeared in what year? 1956, 57, 58, or 59? Yes. Well, no, I'm trying to think because we have a 60, and I've driven you know 67 that has it, so it's somewhere in between there. Uh, no, the 60 has it too, so it's got to be 57 or 56. Sorry, no, 59. 59, really? Showed up in 59. I was going to say it was like because you couldn't even get a manual until 56. So having just come back from Amelia Island, if you don't know this, we're going to have to pull oh your, your Corvette guy card. Oh, no. Uh, which American millionaire took a team of Corvettes to race at the 24 hour of Le Mans in 1960? And I can give you. Yeah, yeah hit choice. you with the multiple choice here. Uh, I know I should just need your kid. Lance Revent Lowe, Tommy Manville, Briggs Cunningham, or Gentleman Jim Kimberly? Briggs Cunningham. It is. Briggs Cunningham. Cool. Uh, did you get a chance to see the three uh, Corvettes, uh, number one, two, and three? They had all three of them at Amelia. No, I didn't get to because I, I didn't was supposed to go to, go to, go to year, the, the, so. the Corvette Symposium on Corvettes at Le Mans, mm-hmm. and we left RM and drove back to the house we were standing in Jacksonville, and by the time I got there, it was five till three. I was never going to make it back by oh. three o'clock, and I really regret that. That, that was is too frustrating. Bad. Uh, Bunky Knudsen, a GM executive who liked racing, planned to build how many Grand Sport Coupes for the 63 racing season? 100, 125, 1,500, or five? Man, uh, I'm having a tough time between. It's probably five. They only built five. No, they they only only did build five, but they wanted to build probably 100. They wanted to build 125 of them. Ah, Uh, GM Brass found out about it, and this was part of the AMA agreement to Mm. not support any competitive motorsports that came out of the wreck at Le Mans in 1955 when the Mercedes engine tumbled into the crowd. Right, that whole killed everybody. Yeah. Uh, the original Grand Sport race cars of 1963 were planned to have engines with which displacement? 327, 350, 377, or 402? 350 is too obvious of an answer. So Yeah, and 350s didn't show up in Corvettes. Yeah, exactly. 69. So that's why I'm like, ah. So it's got to be something weird like 402. It was 377 it really, cubic inches on aluminum weirder. block, aluminum head. Ah, I'm going to quit picking on you I did okay. One. I did like half. <laughs> which is not good. 50% I'm tempted to send the book good. home with you. I've read this. Well, hit me with times. some C4 trivia. I think I might do better. Oh no. well, we can we can skip <laughs> oh, the well, really, maybe, maybe. I should I shouldn't have bitten that off. Don't poke the bear. I know. We, we can. 
Oh, we'll fix you right up. Oh, boy. <laughs> Mr. Mr. Man. Uh, let's see. What was the what was the code number for the stiff suspension optional in 1984? Z51. There you go. See. Uh, how many Corvettes? <laughs> nice. were, how many Corvettes were built for the Corvette Challenge in 1988? Ooh. Is that multiple choice? Cause sure. I, okay. 25, 50, 56, or 125? It's like 125 because there's a, there's several out there. 56. It's 56. Really? Yeah. Okay, because I've seen I feel like I've seen a lot floating around, but it's 56. Huh. Uh the L98 came along in what period of the 1980s? When 1985. was that? There you go. See. That's that's one you know off the top. Yeah, of the I'm like I'm like boom. <laughs> C4 trivia. I'm like <laughs> bam. Well, <laughs> it's like we were talking about. If you've owned one, right, you learn everything about them. Yeah. So, and when I, I was a kid, that was that was the new Yeah. Corvette, you know, and then all of a sudden I guess I just it absolutely yeah. was. <laughs> We've been speaking with Elliot Alvis, YouTube channel host and commentator for Worldwide Auctions. Elliot, take a second. Tell us every place we can find you on social media and online. Uh, the main thing is obviously going to be my YouTube channel, Elliot Alvis, and that's Elliot with two L's and two T's. Mm-hmm. Um, but you'll find it even if you mistype it, I hope. <laughs> um, uh, Instagram, I post as much as I can on there, um, and that's just alvis.elliot, which is a a reformation of sure. <laughs> Elliot Alvis. Um, and then I have a Facebook under Elliot Alvis as well, which is just kind of fairly public. But then also, like I said, do check me out at uh, Worldwide's live broadcasts and uh, TV coverage when they do it. Um, I think the next auction is at the end of April. Uh, they have an enthusiast auction. It's going to be fun. We'll be driving some stuff and talking about some cars, and it's going to be fun. Elliot, thanks for being with us. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for spending time with Driven Radio. We love what we do, and we wouldn't be able to do it without the support of our listeners. You can find us online at Driven Radio Show. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Driven Radio Show. And on LinkedIn as the Driven Radio Show podcast. You can also listen anywhere fine podcasts are heard. I am Brett Hatfield from Mark L. Groves. Yo. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time here on Driven Radio. Mm-hmm.